Good morning and welcome to worship. Clearly, we live in a society today that is more politically divided than ever. And while that can cause problems in interpersonal relationships, it's also a wonderful opportunity for God's people to be salt and light in the world. As we not only believe but live godly principles when it comes to our interaction between church and state. Our second reading this morning from Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. These words will also be our sermon text this morning. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities, for no authority exists except by God, and the authorities that do exist have been established by God. Therefore, the one who rebels against the authority is opposing God's institution. And those who oppose will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to evil. Would you like to have no fear of the one in authority? Do what is good, and you will receive praise from him, because he is God's servant for your benefit. But if you do wrong, be afraid, because he does not carry the sword without reason. He is God's servant a punisher to bring wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit, not only because of wrath, but also because of conscience. For this reason, you also pay taxes, because the authorities are God's ministers who are employed to do this very thing. Pay what you owe to all of them. Taxes, to whom taxes are owed. Revenue, to whom revenue is owed. Respect, to whom respect is owed and honor to whom honor is owed. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, as we begin our time in your word this morning, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts so that we may not only read and talk about your truth, but take it to heart. Teach us to see what vital role your word plays in our everyday life. Equip us to apply it in all that we plan and do. Keep us free from distraction. Open our hearts, our minds, and our ears. Deepen our understanding. And through our time in your word, may this all be done, not for our glory or simple knowledge, but for your glory and praise. Amen. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, my dear fellow redeemed. What do they say when you're in social settings, the two topics to avoid are religion and politics? Well, I'm going to talk about both of them this morning because they're both important and because that's exactly what the Lord lays in front of us in this portion of Romans chapter 13, the appointed epistle lesson for today. So let me begin by stating the painfully obvious. These are so, there are some really strong opinions about government and politics in our world today. And that's why it's important for us to step back and take a look at what God has to say about the role of government. Because we've all found ourselves complaining about the government. 
Because none of us have given perfect honor and respect and obedience to our elected leaders. Sometimes I think that we're tempted to believe that we only owe respect and honor to those elected leaders whose political views line up with ours. Sometimes I think we, we believe that if they aren't doing a proper job in our evaluation, that it's okay for us to speak poorly of them, to ridicule them, to badmouth them. But as it is in every single area of our Christian living, so it is also in this particular area. What matters is not what we think. What matters is what God's Word says. And with that in mind, today I want to spend a little bit of time talking about church and state. I want us to compare them and then contrast them, both in terms of their origin, where they came from, and then also in terms of their power and authority. And so we begin with the origin of both church and state. I don't think it's going to be controversial for me to say this morning that the church comes from God. I think we would all agree that the church comes from the mind and the heart of God, that the church is a gift of God, the church belongs to God. The Bible teaches us that the church is a gathering of people, people whom our Heavenly Father has redeemed by the lifeblood of His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The church is people whom God has called and brought to faith through the gospel to be his own for time and for eternity. The church belongs to God. But what about the state? Well, Paul says very clearly, verse 1 of our text, everyone must submit to the governing authorities. Why? For no authority exists except by God, and the authorities that do exist have been established by God. Origin matters. The state, the government, also comes from God. And if the government has been established and ordained by God, that impacts the way that Christians view it, and it impacts our response to it. The Lord here, through Paul, calls on us to submit to the government. He tells us in verse 7, Pay what you owe to all of them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. Government's origin is from God, from the heart of God. Now think about what that means. That means that we, as God's chosen people, will show honor and obedience and respect to those whom God has chosen to place over us, whether we agree with them or not, whether we believe that their policies are good policies or not, whether they prove themselves to be honorable leaders or not. Paul says at the end of verse 5 that our willingness to give them this obedience and honor and respect is also because of conscience. And what he means is that that's because Christians know that it pleases God to obey and honor the government because God's the one who established it. Paul tells us that God put the government here for our good. Respect and honor the leaders whom God has placed over you because the government is established by God. Now, there's one exception to that rule. 
And that's if the state were to require us to do something sinful, something that is clearly contradictory to the word of God. Then Acts 5.29 says we must obey God rather than men. For instance, if they were to pass a law that I could no longer preach and teach from God's holy word, well, then I would have to find a way to respectfully disobey that law because God here tells us to preach and teach his word. Give them your honor, your respect, your obedience. Look, that doesn't mean that we can't voice our opinion. That doesn't mean that we can't vote someone out of office. That doesn't mean that we can't peacefully or lawfully or respectfully protest this or that. As American citizens, we have those rights. But as Christians, we need to make sure that we exercise those rights rightly. And certainly as Christians here in the United States of America, we have this wonderful privilege and responsibility to vote. And it's incumbent upon us then to find out where a particular candidate stands on issues, to evaluate those issues in light of God's holy word, and then to vote. Now, it seems to me that there's a ditch on either side of this road. Sometimes we fail to honor government as we ought. Sometimes we mock and belittle and slander and complain about and post negative things about those whom God has placed over us. Doesn't it seem as though people today have lost the understanding that it's okay, you can disagree with someone without dishonoring or disrespecting them? Sometimes we fail to honor government as we ought. And sometimes, I think, Maybe we're tempted to honor government too much. As though everything depends on good government or electing just the right political candidate. We have to be really careful of intense rhetoric on either side of the aisle. We ought to remember that there were plenty of times throughout the Bible's history when God chose to bless his people specifically through bad government. As a matter of fact, the Roman government that Paul is writing about here was not a good or godly government. The government that at that time in the Roman Empire was being led by a Christian-hating emperor named Nero. Now you can Google it and read about all the atrocities that Nero perpetrated against Christians, but it's some really heinous stuff. And yet the Lord, through Paul, says everyone must submit to the governing authorities. What ultimately matters dear friends, is that the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest authority. He is the king of all kings, and he is the Lord of all lords, and Jesus is reigning on the throne. Remember Ephesians chapter 1, it tells us that God placed all things under Jesus' feet, and that Jesus is reigning right now in the heavens, and reigning over everything for the benefit of his church. And that's true even when we don't see why things are happening as they are. It's true even when we don't understand how the Lord could possibly be using it for the good of his church. It's God's promise. But he's got this. And as we live under him and his kingdom, we ought to rest well assured and to completely trust that we are in the best of hands. Jesus reigns on his throne. 
no authority exists except by God, and the authorities that do exist have been established by God. Therefore, the one who rebels against the authority is opposing God's institution, and those who oppose, God's, those who oppose will bring judgment on themselves. And so, when we disrespect the government, we disrespect God. When we dishonor the government, we dishonor God. And when we disobey the government, we disobey God. You know what that means, don't you? It means that there's lots of room for all of us to repent, including me. Think about the times that we've complained about government. Think of all the times that we've spoken poorly of elected officials. Think of how few times we have bothered to fold our hands and spend meaningful time playing, praying for those whom God has placed over us. There's a lot of room for repenting here. Well, I have good news for you today. Jesus Christ, that King of kings and Lord of lords, stepped out of heaven and into our world. Jesus came here to take our place. Jesus came here to be the perfect model citizen that none of us have been. And not only did he perfectly submit to the government that he lived under here on earth, he submitted to the will of his heavenly Father, and he went to the cross, and he suffered there, and he died to pay the penalty, to pay the punishment for all of our sins, so that we could have citizenship forever in the kingdom of heaven. You know, it's amazing to think the Lord Jesus died under an unjust and oppressive Roman government. Jesus suffered on trial under the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate. Jesus died for every crime that we've committed, for our every sin. Now think of how amazing this is, that the Lord used that kind of an antagonistic government to bring about the greatest blessing of all, the blessing of forgiveness and redemption. It ought to remind us that government, even when it doesn't want to be, if, even if it isn't intending to be, still serves as God's servant. That's the origin of church and state. They come from God. But what about their power? Well, Paul talks here about the government using its God-given authority, the sword, to punish the wrongdoer, and he says that the government is God's servant to do you good. I think sometimes we forget that too. The government is here for our good. The government is able to exercise its power so that we can prosper. For instance, what is it that often keeps people from doing really awful, harmful things in our society? It's the state's threat of punishment. They don't want to go to prison. And that's the point. The sword has a lot of power. It keeps people from doing things that are bad, things that will hurt other people in one way or another. That's one way that government uses its power for our good. But there's lots of other ways, too, that government uses its authority. It uses its power to create a framework in order to be a blessing for its citizens. I mean, what if we all had to build our own roads? What if there were no stoplights, stop signs, or traffic laws? What if there were no 911 to call in case of an emergency? What if there were no 
police officers or firefighters or first responders? What if there were no sanitation department to haul away our trash or to provide clean drinking water? And I could go on and on. It is our Christian duty to find those who serve in these wonderful ways and to thank them for their service. What would we be like if we didn't have a military to back us up, to defend us and protect us? These are all God's servants to do us good. But while we recognize that their origin and their power comes from God, there are lots of things that aren't similar about the power of church and state. Think for a moment. The power of the state is temporal. But the power of the church through the gospel is eternal. The power of the state is to change people's conduct and their behavior. The power of the gospel is to change people's hearts. The state wields its power through the sword and the threat of punishment, but the church wields its power through the word and through the powerful working of God's Holy Spirit. And we want to be very careful not to confuse the roles of the two. It is the role of the state to provide a peaceful and stable society. It is not the role of government to Christianize our nation. That's the church's job. It is the work of the church to preach the gospel. It is not the role of the church to run the government. It's the work of the church to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the state's role to threaten punishment on wrongdoers. To tell people, to tell bad actors, look, if you do this, then here's what's going to happen to you. But it is the church's role to lead sinners to repentance. To turn away from their sin and to put their hope and their trust in Christ and to say to them, here is what the Savior has done to win your forgiveness and to give you life forever in heaven. The power of the state is civil law, but the power of the church is the gospel. Civil law can never change the heart. Only the gospel can do that. Civil law has its limits, the, the incredible power of God's gospel, the power of salvation for everyone who believes is unlimited, and even though it's, it's hidden, don't ever underestimate the power of God's gospel. Think maybe of a trial that has come to an end, and the defendant sits in a courtroom and waits with bated breath to hear the verdict that the judge is going to read. The judge has an incredible amount of power in that instance. It's power invested in him by the state. And so that defendant waits with, with bated breath for the verdict to come in. That's the power of the state. But you know what we have here in the church? We have power and authority that has been vested by the Lord himself. 
And we get to come here every single Sunday and wait with bated breath for what God has to say to us. And his verdict is in. Your sins are all forgiven in Christ Jesus. God has justified you. He has declared you not guilty for Jesus' sake. And that is the power of the church. And that's why the church exists. We are here to bring God's voice to people. And you know what I love about our country? That I just got to tell you that. I can say that to you without fear of punishment. That I was free to do it. The thing I love most about this great country is that we can share the gospel and do it in peace. Our government and our freedom to share the gospel, those are precious gifts from God above. So, dear friends, out of love for the Lord who loved us first, let's submit to the government. Even if we don't care for a particular leader, even if we disagree with some particular policy, out of love for the Lord, just do it. Give them honor and respect and obedience. Pray for them. But then let's go out there and be the church. There are a lot of sad and angry and hurting people out there. And what you get to do is you get to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is his gospel that will bring joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Blessings that won't be just for now, but forever. May the Lord help us to be faithful and honorable citizens of the state and citizens of his kingdom. May he guard and protect and bless us as we live our lives as his saved people for Jesus' sake.